All right, inappropriate Earl back, back in the house. I was uh, unavailable for a few weeks, sick, and uh, the podcast uh, center was uh, shut down. It was on hiatus, but we're back, back strong. And today we have a guest who's been on the show before. You know, I like to have repeaters every now and then. Last uh, time he was here, he did Inappropriate Casey, where we talked about my exit from a certain show, the show that keeps on giving, Roast Battle. Got me on. I'm dying up here and coming soon to Adult Swim, The Jellies, Tyler, the Creator, who just came out of the closet. So for you uh, rap fans, I'm sure that was music to your ears. I know what a homophobic bunch you guys are. Probably uh, the only group that's more homophobic than you guys is metal fans. So uh, there you go. Enjoy the jellies on Adult Swim. You'll hear the voice of Earl playing Papa Jelly, Berry Jelly. But this man, and he's also done an individual podcast talking about depression. He has a podcast called uh, Discussing Depression. Give it up for Casey Moran. Earl, thanks for having me on again, man. This is uh, one of my favorite things to do, seriously. Well, it's an honor, dude. You're a good dude. Hey, so are uh, you. I try. It doesn't really seem to help me in this business, but (laughs) it's all good. You know, 17 years in the jungles. I don't have one enemy, but, you know, welcome to Hollywood. Here today, gone the day before. Yeah. Uh, Now, but speaking of going to uh, Hollywood and nice guys in the business, you are uh, quitting stand-up comedy. I am. And why is that? It's a it's a multitude of reasons, but I think the main thing is that I'm I'm working in a mental health field that I really enjoy. I'm doing uh discussing depression, which is my podcast, and I love doing it. And then the the other thing is um I'm starting to write motivational speeches um about my depression and I'm kinda incorporating some stand up in there, so I guess in a way I'm still doing stand up. But I'm finishing off these showcase shows that I want to, you know, get people exposure that are really funny comics that uh, I, I hope that could be seen by any industry or anything. And uh, then in November, I'm going to, and it's been a long awaited one. I keep hyping it up and a lot of my friends think I'm not going to quit or that I'm going to come back. But for right now, it looks like I'm going to be out for a while because I can't balance four things. And if I did balance them, one of them, I would be half-assing and I don't know how to do that. So it's like I took the three things that I really want to do and I want to give everything I have to them rather than, you know, half-ass stand up. I either want to, I'm the type of person that you're either going to give everything you have to something or you're not going to do it. You either give it all or nothing. Now how long have you been doing stand up? It'll be 3 years in October. Um so it's not a long time. Um and it wasn't because I wasn't you know, getting better or I wasn't getting success out of it has nothing to do with that. I mean, the reason I got into standup was just because of the 10 years I did sports casting, I needed something to kind of rebound off of um, and to do something that having depression is, was something I could still do because a lot of comics have mental illness. And so it was a great rebound and I loved doing it. And I met some of my favorite people today from it. So nothing but positive vibes from it and, and, and great memories, but uh, I'm ready to move on, man. And it's tough for you because your brother's in the business. Yeah. We won't say who or what network. It'll give it away, but it's, uh, you know, everyone knows who he is. Has that made it harder for you because people try and suck up to you, all these fucking glad handers and 
Pauly Palmers? <laughs> That's a great question. And um, yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, I'm not going to say who, but I know people that when they see a certain person interact with me, not just one person, but multiple, they go, that guy's always a dick to me. Why is he nice to me? And I was like, oh, because he heard my brother, you know, works for so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, at the end of the day, um, I'm so proud of my brother and what he's been able to do in this business. And we have a great relationship. But the truth is, I haven't even asked him to do anything for me, nothing major. And why would I go above and beyond to try to, you know, get him to do something for someone I don't know? Or, you know, it's like he's got a lot on his plate. I wouldn't do that. I would not. Re I would recommend, you know, certain comics to him if he's looking for something or you got to see this person or if somebody is working on a project, I can at least mention it, but there's nothing I can guarantee and there's nothing that he can guarantee. And, um, at the end of the day, like you said, there's a lot of fake people out there. And I, I would rather, if you're an asshole in real life, just be an asshole to me. Like I'd rather, I, I, when I did roast battle the one time against the, the Verzi triplets who were up for three roasties, um, I didn't like it because, and I am going to do it again in a couple of weeks, but I didn't like this time because I felt, and I could be wrong, but I felt the judges were going easy on me and hard on them because my brother was there sitting behind them and he wouldn't have cared. And I would have rather people just been authentic. You know what I mean? Well, if those roasties are on anything like the rankings, you might as well just fucking put 50 uh, tickets in a bucket and draw numbers. <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, that's another podcast that we've uh, already delved sure. into. Sure. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. I'm sorry. I just brought it I brought it up because it's an example of a time where I think I would have wanted to be treated like everybody else and I wasn't. And I don't like being, you know, treated it's not even unfairly. I mean, anything they're treating me nice, but just be you. Don't, don't you don't need to be fake with me. Like, come on. I know. Uh, well, you know, it's a business of phoniness and fakeness. Sure. And, you know, there's not a lot you can do about that. Right. You know, I've been doing stand up 17 years. Uh, you know, I've seen it uh, almost from day one. And uh, I, I've seen it firsthand with you where people would kind of treat you like, who's this schmuck? And, uh, you know, just I loved it because I'm like, you don't know who this guy's brother is, you dipshit. <laughs> so, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then they find out and it's the 100, it's a 180 turn of like, how they were or a message on Facebook. I, you know, I've even had people straight up say, Oh, I didn't know I, I, I would have been nicer to you. And I'm like, that's a problem in its own right. You know, like who are you to, to treat people like shit and then find out that they're related to somebody that that's doing well in the business. And you're, you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, it seems as if I, I maybe I was raised differently or something, but you just, and, and you've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast. You should treat people well because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, we all shit out of the same hole, as my mom said. Yeah. When I was 12 years old. And uh, she also said, always be nice to everyone because there's always going to be someone in the room with a bigger dick than you are. So, uh, you know, even though she told me that at the age of about 13, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> uh, but I, I understand now what she was saying. Like, as much money as I have, uh, Monday night at the comedy store, I was talking to Russell Peters, who's, you know, 
Got quite a bit more than I have. <laughs> but you'd never know it, though. That's the great thing about Russell is, like, here he is, probably the richest comic stand-up in the world, and you wouldn't know if he worked the the kitchen with El Tocho at the comedy store. <laughs> so if Russell Peters can be nice, all you fucking open micers can be, uh, you know, at least cordial to people. You don't have to kiss anyone's ass, but you should at least be nice to people. Yeah, you know, I, I hang at the comedy store a good amount, and it's it's awesome to see somebody like Russell Peters. I've never met him, but I, I from what I hear here, I guess, uh, how when even when somebody that's just a no name comic goes up and he just smiles or waves, it's awesome that he's recognizing that person rather than other people that I've seen there that don't really have any credits or anything like that. They act, they see you, but they don't acknowledge you just because they think they're the best and they think they're this tough shit. And it's like, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm going to be a lot happier when I'm not seeing this anymore. And I'm going to just kind of be focusing on me. That's the truth. And at the end of the day, I love doing stand-up. I'm a comedy fan first. Um, I love putting on shows. I love producing them. You've been nice enough to, to be on a, a few of them. And that means a lot. And so at the end of the day, it's like, I, I go, I, I'm going to leave, doing something I like doing and leave knowing I did everything I could to not only, you know, have fun doing stand up, but I think I treated everybody well. And I think I've taken care of comics the best I could. I got, I went out of pocket for a long time. I tried to pay, you know, you know, get meals or do anything I can for the comics. I, I never tried to make money on a comedian. Um, always tried to give longer spots if I could, anything that I could do to take care of them, not because it would help me, but because it's the right thing to do. Oh, for sure. You know, like that's how I've survived for so long. Just being a nice guy. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I I do love stand up and I'm gonna miss it. And it's not that I'm not gonna go support people's shows here and there. But in terms of I have an eight thirty to four job. That's tough. And so I'm still on the comic schedule. So uh we don't need to bring them into this, but this is kind of a late night podcast. And I have to get up in the morning and do that. And this is actually something I really enjoy. I'm not waiting to get on a mic or I'm not kissing ass to anybody or networking. It's just me and you talking. So I could do this till two in the morning. But my point is um, I do have to get up. And if I'm doing this comic schedule, and I do, again, I don't know how to half-ass it. So when I go out, I go out late. I try to hit as many mics as I can. I try to do everything I can. And that's just not healthy to be up till 12 or 1, having to get up at 7, shower, go to work, come back, go home, nap, do it all over again. It's just not good for your body. You've talked about it on my podcast, how important it is to eat healthy and get enough sleep and do all that. And I haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately. So once stand up is kind of, you know, put away for a little bit or I'm completely out of it, I think I'm going to feel better. I really do. Uh, I will miss it, but I'm going to feel better and I even posted one thing I said um, because you talked about Palmer's I said the thing I'm going to miss most about comedy the comedians the thing I'm going to not miss most about comedy the comedians like some of the best people that I know in comedy are like are are going to continue to be my friends whether or not I do stand up but then there are people that 
they forget about you if you're gone. And I understand that. You've seen so many people come and go, Earl. You've talked about it before. Thousands. Yeah. And you've seen people. You said when you started, you you can only name a couple people that are still doing it. I would say when I started in like 99. Like Ty Rivera is one of them, I Ty think. Ty Rivera. Um, that's a, you know, Roger Rod. Uh, you know, maybe 90% have quit. Right. So it's right. tough business. Yeah. You got to like, you know, it's a lot of rejection, a lot of uh, negativity, a lot of backstabbing, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, shenanigans with, uh, you know, and, you know, a lot of comics date each other, all kinds of hijinks sure. in that world. Um, so, uh, you know, it's uh, quite a uh, roller coaster ride. But, you know, right. we all know that going in. So it's. Uh, you know, one of those things you either do it or you, you don't or, or you just quit. And, yeah. You know, if you quit, no one's going to really care. I'm not saying you. No, it's true. If I quit tomorrow, people, oh, yeah, Earl's great. Great. It's just one comic we don't got to deal with. So. Uh, I don't know. I think with you, people would. Not really. I mean, look at, you know, I left Roast Battle. I, I mean, you know, I didn't leave it permanently, but I've left it for the last three months. Cena does a great job. The show's just as big as it's always been. So, you know, everyone's replaceable, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that people get used to seeing you at the store. You're still at the store. So it's like I think if, if you did leave, it would leave a bigger impact uh, in a negative way than you believe. Uh, I think you've done a lot for comedy, especially at the store. And you've been – you're somebody like – and you've said it before. When your car pulls up to the store, people are happy to see you. I think so for the most part, you know, except for, uh, you know, maybe a few people, but, so, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean. What you can do about that? I don't know anybody that doesn't have some type of person that they just don't like seeing. It's not, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just one of those things where it's like, eh, you know, I, I there. But the one thing I did learn as I'm starting to, like, reflect on these few years of doing this is that I was wrong in a lot of ways of how I thought of somebody, you know, if there was a kid that was super cocky, I was like, fuck that guy. Then I realized that guy was, he was fine to me. Or if somebody missed my shows, I hated them. You know, if they, you know, I was, they, they, they said they were going to come and then they canceled last second or just flaked in general. I was like, fuck them. But then I realized people go through stuff. Um, I wrongly judged people and um, incidents have happened where, you know, one of the, the, you know, the, they, somebody, some heckler was, looked like it was going to, going to beat me up. And, um, the, the, the host like took the mic and it was a thing where I was really mad for a while. And then I realized like he was just trying to get me out of that situation. Like you have to look at something and go, they're not trying to take your minutes away. They're trying to be like, listen, you can get, you should, you could get beat up. We're looking out. But at that moment I started to look at like, fuck this guy. I came all the way out here. I'm going to do my time. And then it's like, it was starting to, and I'm not an angry person. I don't even think I have anger issues. It was starting to be a thing where I was getting, it wasn't ever, I never felt entitled. I was just trying to get my time and get treated right. And then I was like, not everybody's going to treat people the way I do or you do. And not everybody's out to get you. And sometimes I only have one like gripe with someone and it's a real one and it's something that I'm not happy about. And well, well you don't have to mention the name, no. mention the gripe. A comic, uh, posted something about 
how um, he can't be, you know, like he went to an open mic. He dropped into an open mic. He was two and a half years in. He dropped into an open mic and some comic was scared to follow him that he shook this comic, right? Um, and then that comic left and he just posted this whole thing. And a lot of people, some people were like, oh, good for, you know, like, look, you're getting better, but whatever it was, they were like, and he's just bragging and he, he does this. And I was super nice to this guy, you know, me and the Verzi triplets and other people were always good to, to this person. And I'm not throwing them under the bus. Um, cause I'm not going to mention this person's name, but, uh, we were great to this, this person. And honestly, they don't have any issue with them. It was just me. It's only a me thing, but I called him out on it. And I said, listen, if you're two years in comedy, you, you're just, you're not dropping into a mic. You're hitting that mic. You're not unfollowable. I followed you before. And I just kind of went because I'm leaving. I just didn't care. And I just one by one. And a lot of people were like, oh, good for you for doing that. But I'm not happy I did that because I called him out publicly. And then we went back and forth on messages. And it got to the point where he was just, he wanted to talk one-on-one. And he's just one of those comics that, you know, he's so delusional on what this stand-up thing is, not what comedy is. And he's not a bad comic. It's just he thinks he's a lot further than he is. And he thinks that, you know, um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, I want to get out of stand-up because of the fact there are people like that in there. You know Oh, what I mean? yeah, there's tons of them. Yeah, and it's it's just, uh, and again, and I, I, don't, I don't hate this person. It's just that he said some things to me that, that hurt. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't need this. And I'm not leaving stand-up because of him or any incident. That's definitely not it. I've dealt with rejection before. I've dealt with drama. It's just, I was leaving it way before that. But uh, this will be nice to not have to deal with that stuff anymore. And um, I do hope that this person can look back and go, man, I was an asshole or I shouldn't have said this or that. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it bums me out. But that's it. I used to think I had a lot more problems with people, but I really don't. I mean, I'm not, I don't love everyone, but um, I, like I said, I've met some of my best friends doing stand up. Uh, the Verzi triplets, like I, you know, I mentioned I didn't know them before stand up. They're the nicest kids. Really proud of those guys. They keep. Uh, yeah, those guys are amazing. I've never seen three triplets with three different bodies and three different hairlines. <laughs> They're, they're big fans of you though they should be yeah <laughs> they're good guys and uh no and, they, they are good guys yeah and i you know i met them i met my, my, my friend paul moomjean um zara mizrahi brian mcdaniel mike bobbitt yourself uh kyle clark and i've known each other for years but you know stand-up kind of brought us closer so that's just that's a, a list of some people that I'm i'm really close with and uh i don't know it's just um I'm going to miss some things, but I'm going to, I'm ready for the next chapter in my life. I really am. Well, I applaud you for having the uh, balls to walk away from it. Uh, I think every comic thinks of quitting at some point, but they like the attention. Sure. And I think they realize that if they did quit, uh, like I Nobody's said. Nobody's really going to care. No one's going to really care. Yeah. You might care for 24 hours and then it's like, all right, what gigs were they getting? Now I can get that one. Yeah. It's like well, when I was... Uh, at the Canoga Bowl, there used to be an open mic where rerun from what's happening used to be the MC, the fat black guy. <laughs> yeah. The guy, who, the, like the dancer, the guy who was bootlegging the Doobie Brothers concert for you uh, people who are fans of what's happening. You remember when rerun went to the Doobie Brothers concert 
and the tape recorder fell out of his uh <laughs> his like jacket and the band busted him but uh he his career was at such a low point he was uh hosting the comedy show at the tuesday nights at the canoga bowl and uh i literally don't think he had worked since 1982 when he played a sugar pimp named dorsey in the movie vice squad <laughs> not yorsey but dorsey and uh, wings hauser cut his balls off in the in the scene it's a great scene if you've never seen the movie vice squad i highly recommend it 1982 i have it on laser disc uh i just threw out my laser disc player but uh why i've uh started reading uh, i want to get the name of the book uh, correctly uh, auto uh, uh book audio book uh the life changing art of tidying up and uh, I've thrown, I'm throwing away, like I've thrown away literally like 50 um, trash bags, of clothes, sneakers I haven't worn in five years. Uh, you know, just I'm, I'm a collector. So, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I'll, I mean, I won't even say how many beauty products I've uh, thrown out, like a lot. Like wow. I'm talking thousands of dollars worth of that crap. Uh, but uh, so now I just, you know, you don't uh when you touch something in your closet or in your bathroom or wherever and it doesn't give you joy toss it so uh, and you're happier like i can walk upstairs now and like i had so much shit in my uh, bathroom uh counter like i couldn't use the sink because it was surrounded by elixirs and lotions and you know all that stuff so uh you know uh, that's helped me out a lot right but, uh, huh but interesting i mean you know it's i'd like to give back to the comedy community you know of course most comics don't you know most comics are freeloading slobs palmers yeah oh they're the worst but uh you know you don't have to deal with that uh world anymore but you'll always be around the scene you know yeah i love comedy and i think that you know you know what's weird is i in terms of like my actual standup, I don't think anybody's going to miss that. It's fine. I'm, I'm actually proud of it, uh, especially lately. But it's nothing to like write home about. It's it's nothing. You know, I think I'm where I'm supposed to be, even taking breaks in the three years I've done it almost. I think I'm where I'm supposed to be because I've done so many spots because I've produced shows and I traded spots and I've done enough time where I think I'm pretty much where every other comic is that's done it for as long as me is um, in terms of how much time I have, how much you know, time that, you know, how many minutes that I, I'm proud of, whatever it is, uh, what kind of rooms I can play, you know, all that stuff I could do clean, you know, whatever. Um, but I think the thing I'm going to miss more than even performing is producing shows. I really have, I think I, I'm good at it. Um, I think I'm better at it than I am as a performer. And what I mean by that is really taking care of the comics, letting them know days ahead, this is where the order I have you in. If you need to, if you need to come later or leave early, that's totally fine. Um, I'll try to get you, you know, whatever I can. Um, this is how many minutes you're doing, and I, you know, finding the right orders to put people in. Um, I really enjoy doing that. I think that I'm gonna be missed as a producer in terms of some comics aren't gonna be having as many opportunities to perform because, you know, I've given them a lot of opportunities. So, I, I am not, I'm not saying that, you know, because of me people are getting better. But what I'm saying is I have offered a lot of stage time to people that can't get it out here in LA and see me's only 30 minutes away. And I'm, you know, you've done some shows. I mean, the last one that you were on was a packed room and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, we've built that, you know, with the, with 
the Verzi triplets and Paul and a couple other people and see me, we kind of built this scene and see me that I'm really proud of. Yeah. And um, that town needs comedy. You know, it's, it's known for a heroin problem. It's known for a lot of different things. The and Rodney King uh, trial, the Rodney Cops, Ronald Reagan I mean, Library. Yeah. A lot I of thought things. the video uh, of those cops being Rodney King was a little grainy myself. But, you know, <laughs> you know, well, I'm not going to. I think it was wild that the lead officer's name was Coons. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But let, let, let me backtrack a yeah. little bit to that re, uh, rerun story. Please. Uh, so rerun, uh, I lost my train of thought talking about my uh, tidying up uh, audio book. Uh, get that and uh, clutter busting, too. I don't know who wrote it, but... Uh, It'll help you uh, live a, you get happier the less shit you have in your life. But uh, Rerun was hosting at the Canoga Bowl, and, uh, you know, I was kind of sad to see this big TV star now, like, working for free, hosting an open mic. And then he died, uh, I think he died of a heart attack from diabetes. And literally, uh, I don't even think the coroner had gotten to uh, the house yet, and people were emailing me about, hey, can I get this guy's email so uh, i can host the gig next week i mean the guy's like the guy died and people were still like all right it's, it's tough business wow you know so you know if you're living and you quit the business people will really care less but uh you know was he a good host oh he's horrible <laughs> you know we bonded because i told i talked to him about vice squad and he was like jesus dude no one uh, actually, the first time uh, he brought me on stage was uh, I reenacted the scene. I didn't tell him, but uh, the part where he gets his balls cut off by Wings Hauser, Wings Hauser puts a pair of scissors to his neck, and you know, I can't say the word Wings Hauser used, but he's like, you know what the problem with you <clears throat> pimps is? You don't know how to handle your bitches. And then he cuts his balls off. Wow. So I said that to him when he brought me up and he looked at me like what the fuck i'm like vice squad dude come on it's the last time you had a fucking check from sag you schmuck uh, so uh you know but i love giving backhanded compliments to celebrities like that but uh, it just goes to show you this crazy business like right there, there's a guy who's a big tv star on one of the biggest shows of the, the late 70s early 80s i mean everybody watched what's happening right i mean i don't know if it really did a good job of portraying uh, the African-American race very well. Uh, but, uh, you know, like Good Times was a very serious look into the world of, uh, you know, the, you know, the ghetto life, you know, it was very, you know, they had some great, uh, you know, episodes, you know, where it was like, it was like the black all in the family. Right. Uh, but the Good Times was like, it's not, uh, all right, what's happening was uh, not uh, maybe the greatest portrayal of, uh, you know the african-american race sure I mean, you had rerun you had Dwayne, who was dumb as a stump uh, roger who had glasses with no lenses in them <laughs> and uh, his sister d was a total cunt uh, you know the mom looked like aunt jemima no dad in the family of course can't give a positive <laughs> fucking role model to a black family in in that era and, yeah, in the uh, '90s they did with Family Matters. Yeah, with Bill Cosby. Yeah. look how good he turned out. <laughs> uh, Uncle Phil and uh, Fresh Prince. Yeah, I mean, you know, but he was kind of a fucking buffoon. And, <laughs> and then you had Benson, who, oh, uh, yeah, of course, the, Benson. Robert Guillaume, uh, who you can see later on in uh, 1987 
in uh, the great Rutger Howard Gene Simmons uh, movie Wanted Dead or Alive. And uh, I met Gene Simmons the other night at the comedy store. I, I brought up that movie to him. He's like, what the fuck? Uh, you know, so kind of did the same thing. Uh, For a rerun. That I did the rerun. I walked up to him and we're talking about Kiss, of course. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, but you know what? I'm a really big fan of yours, Mr. Simmons. Wanted Dead or Alive was Rutger Hauer. You know, when you had the grenade in your mouth and Rutger Hauer took it out, it said, fuck the bonus. And he blew up and he laughed. You know, that was about it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's the cool things about stand-up. You got to deal with a lot of morons, but then you get to meet Gene Simmons. Yeah. You know, the other night at the uh, comedy store, Jackson Brown. Oh, yeah. Uh, did like four songs uh, for a birthday party that was being thrown there. And it was like, wow, every comic, all, all these selfish bastards I've known for like 10 years longer, they were literally for once being halfway decent human beings uh, and looking at Jackson Brown going, oh my God, like everyone in the room was a fan. Uh, he was like, wow, that's Jackson Brown playing somebody's baby at, at right. the comedy store. Uh, so, I mean, even like Russell Peters was just like, you know, a fan. Right. Just, you know, like just excited to see a music legend. And so it was... Uh, that's one of the that's the nice things about comedy you get to see shit like that right and uh but then you know the next night you know you gotta listen to someone you know talking bad about someone else so i don't blame you for leaving i thought about it several times in the last couple of years yeah you know it's like um i don't know i think it's weird to make this not well it's kind of like a public spectacle i've been so open about it online i've talked about it on podcasts whatever about somebody that's leaving that nobody knows. But at the end of the day, it's like stand-up was a big part of my life for the last three years. And it, and I think it'll still continue to be part of my life. It's just not in the way that it was. And it's, it's just, I think it's time for me to go rather than, I don't think, I mean, I think I left sports casting when I was supposed to, but I think I could maybe went a little longer than I should. In this case, I don't really think I'm leaving too early. I don't think I'm hanging on too much. It's uh you know, I was getting booked enough. It, it wasn't even that. It was like, I, I didn't, I never wanted a Netflix special. I never wanted to even be like a super, you know, big star. It would have been cool to do colleges or to tour a little bit, to be a touring comic, a road comic. But I don't know. It, I never really had the goals and aspirations to do anything with stand up other than just go up and tell jokes, you know? And, and um, I got to do that. And so I got to, I got to do some really cool things. And I got to tell you, um, I've got a, a you know a few highlights from for me at least, and honestly, at the top three of those highlights is interviewing you on why you left Roast Battle. Um, first of all, it was an honor that you asked me to do it. Second of all, I'm a fan of you and and the podcast and Roast Battle. So again, it was it was a huge honor. Oh, it was great to have uh, you know. Uh, I just got sick of answering the same questions. Why'd you leave? So I right. if I had someone who's like a, a halfway decent human you know, uh, interview me, uh, then I, I wouldn't have to talk about it anymore. So, uh, but it's a great show. It's, yeah. It's still, it's like helped out every, like 60, 70, yeah. hundred comics. Uh, you know, it's giving people their first TV credits. It's, right. Um, you know, maybe stars is the wrong word, but it's made, you know, names out of, you know, uh, people like me and Moses and, uh, 
you know, Olivia and uh, the wave, the wave and um, coach you know, T in a way, coach T yeah. and, uh, you know, even Meyerowitz, you know, running yeah. around on, un, on, un, uh, clothed, you know, it's given him like something to look forward to. And it's, it's, you know, it's done. I've never seen a show that's, you know, done so much for so many people. Right. Uh, so it, it's, uh, you know, that was a cool thing, you know, to see and, you know, uh, Hopefully there'll be other shows that help, uh, you know, people out like that down the road. And, um, you know, it's uh, comedy's a wacky business. You know, you could be yeah. big one day and next day your show's canceled and nobody cares. So. Yeah. I mean, to me, though, just interviewing you about that uh, was it was was huge for me. And um, I took it serious. I, I prepared and. That's why I had you do it. Yeah. It, so it was, did Robin Tran when she did it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she was, uh, you know, uh, you know, she took it seriously too. And, She's great. And I love that episode with her. And we actually connected because of the podcast and not only her, but um, other people that I didn't know, but I knew of them reached out and said, we really liked that episode. Um, and I'm sure Robin got similar uh, responses and Twitter, I had my first hater on Twitter because of it. But they're out of their minds on Twitter. Listen, if it was an honor to have my first hate, I looked at it and they had 14 followers. So I'm like, fuck this. But uh, I was going off, you know, it didn't matter. But regardless, um, that's one of my biggest highlights. And and I've got to do shows with comics I really respect and all that. And it's been awesome. Um, to me, that is what I'm going to look back at and go, I got to do this. I got to work. You know, I got to be on this podcast. I got to, you know, interview somebody I'm a fan of about why they left this huge show. I got to, you know, I, I got to do a show with Anthony Jeselnik. I got, you know, to do a show with Kyle Kinane, these comics that I really respect. Um, I'm going to be on Steve Simone's podcast. He's another one of my favorites. And He's the best. Yeah. So it's like, there's, there's, to me, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I can look at it and just look at nothing but positives. And I also think that, a lot of comics have come up and, and thanked me for, for what I've done for them. And that's something I could look back on and be proud of. Um, and so I, although, you know, who knows, maybe I'll come back. I mean, I had friends like Kyle Clark told me you're going to come back and you're going to have some weird saying that's going to end up on shirts and you're going to sell a ton of merch. And it's like, maybe, but right now I'm, I'm totally cool with my plan of just kind of, you know, focusing on what I want to focus on and letting all these other comics that that are doing it, um, you know, hopefully get a chance to shine and and help other comics. My biggest thing is, I was able to work with guys like the Verzi Triplets and Paul Moomjean and Kyle and all these people that help other people, help other comics, and truly, genuinely help them with tags or getting spots or whatever it is. Um, and then I come to LA, and there's some great people out here too. But then I see other ones where it's just like, like you said, with the rerun thing, people that are just trying to get ahead and they'll do anything it takes. And I'm not even shitting on those people, but that's just not me. And that's not just not a, a vibe that I want to be around. Um, and that's not why I'm leaving. I'm leaving really just to focus on other things. But I'm not mad that I'm not going to have to deal with that for a while. In fact, I'm pretty pleased. And um, I don't know. I'm just... Uh, I'm really thankful that I got a chance to work with some of the, my favorite comics and that I've been able to be on podcasts like this and able to to meet some of my favorite people and to have these experiences and these laughs 
but I'm really am ready to move on. And that's the truth. Oh, yeah. You got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. If you're not mentally stable uh, or, you know, if you're not mentally right, you know, this business will make you want to literally blow your brains out. Right. I mean, I've known probably, uh, I would say, at least five people that I started with who committed suicide. Oh, shit. Is Uh, that right? You know, just different... you know, all you know, different stages of depression, and you know, this is not a good business to jump into if you are uh, not um, mentally sound. You know, it's like why yeah. I, to a degree, left roast battle for a few, you know, hot minute or two. Uh, although I will say, I have three very, very uh, um battles that intrigue me that i've been offered oh but uh you know i had to uh step away for a second and just you know and that's just one show you know and then on top of stand-up you know it's it's a tough uh it's a tough field to uh last in yeah so uh, i gotta ask you off air what that is if uh well you know a lot of people would like to welcome me back to the show uh uh you know i think uh you know, and I do miss the uh, strategy uh, elements of the show. It's like a chess game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm still not uh, quite there yet. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, you know, left in a good way, which should teach people, uh, you know, if you're going to leave a show or leave a club, you don't like working there anymore, leave in a good way. So the door is always open, you know. Uh, you know, I do have – uh, my three uh, dream battles for Earl, if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. Pat Barker. Right. Be um, very, uh, Pat's great. Yeah. You, know, you know, he's an amazing writer and yeah. uh, always uh, does battles. Uh, like he wa- he tells each joke like a home run hitter walking up to the plate. Like he knows this is going to destroy you. Right. So that, you know, that'd be a very tough battle for sure. Um, rematch. Uh, Olivia Grace in the belly room. Uh, a lot of people have uh, brought that up to me. Uh, you know, it, it's, um, uh, you know, uh, never say never. You know, she's uh, she's an amazing uh, battler for sure. And, uh, you know, we uh, stole the uh, the night we did the riot uh, festival. You know, we uh, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, it, you know, yeah. who knows? And the third one is a wild card. It's not who people that are listening to your podcast think um it's also not the champ right now or the tv champ or any of the the champions but uh the current uh person that took your spot at the haters table saudi prince i think that would be really interesting to watch oh he's great and we're we're super good friends and he's done an amazing job uh it'd be like character versus character it'd be awesome uh yeah i mean i don't know uh he did a few battles before he was good um but I mean, but there's a ton of battles uh, no i know if I, I ever were to to come back like you know those three uh did i get know. any of the three uh it's possible <laughs> uh, omid saying is someone that i would love to battle because oh, yeah. he's uh we're very good friends hooper and, uh, you never got a chance hooper to battle. is great uh you know it'd be like the battle of the entrances yeah jay light i mean there's jay a light. lot i mean doug fager yeah uh, fager i mean uh leah k janian kim congdon uh, number kim one right now. Uh, yeah it's just be uh i mean me and kim know all the secrets uh mm-hmm. you know so uh 
but you know i'm not quite there yet sure no i get it we, we this is not what this podcast yeah, is yeah about. I mean, but I'm i just sorry. want you know people if you're ever around the store on a tuesday night i poked my head up there uh last week with uh, jay light and kevin mcnamara super good dude both good dudes and uh, the energy is still in the room yeah you know, it's really mind-blowing that uh you know uh, you know the show still holds an audience yeah and a you know, it's, uh, it's it's good to see. You know, it's yeah. you know uh, not often that you see a show hold an audience for three plus years, right? And uh, no, I I agree, and it's been awesome to see what it's done for other people and the good people like yourself, yeah, Matt Barker, and yeah, all the you I mean, know. You can name fifty comics, sure. And, sure. You know, another like Kill Tony, is, yeah, has done this very similar thing where it's gotten uh it's gotten comics uh, work you know that's how tony hench this podcast uh, kill yeah. tony for those of you who uh aren't familiar with it uh, get familiar with it i bombed on there early on yeah, uh, there's no bombing on there i mean you know there's there's a bomb uh, i'm glad it's not recorded um but it's there um but you know what i'm glad i tried it um i'm glad i got to do potluck i'm glad i got to do the rose battle pre-show i'm glad i got to do you know, a show in the main room. I've got to do uh, a couple other shows at the comedy store. I've, it's been awesome, man. Um, you know, so I'm very thankful I got to perform on the same stage as some of the best comics ever. And so, you know, although I'm, I'll never be at that level, it's just, it was awesome to do. Um, I do have a question for you that I've been wanting to ask. If you don't mind, I know this isn't. Not at all. Um, and, I, and it's putting you on the spot. But because I'm such a big fan of your podcast, I was always wondering what your favorite episode that you did and it doesn't necessarily mean to be the ones you asked the best question or even the ones that got the best response but i think most people remember the tommy episode as one of the the biggest inappropriate earls i think a lot of people remember you know uh a lot of the roast battle ones is up there david arquette there's been some really great episodes with with celebs and um you know comics or musicians all types of different guests you've had um is there one episode that sticks out to you as your favorite and is there one that um you know you're most proud of or is there one and you don't need to say this one but is there one that you wish went a little better oh yeah i mean you know some of the earlier ones when i didn't know what i was doing i, I really liked just for their rawness of you know the sound levels were horrible you know i, I didn't have the cords plugged into the wrong you know right hole and uh <laughs> yeah you know the you know the very first inappropriate or always has never aired it's with the great jason galern and uh jason washington who used to be a door guy at the comedy store turned porn star right yeah and uh we had like a three-hour podcast uh just talking about comedy and porn and uh you know it's probably a little dirty uh probably glad i didn't air it uh because i mean just jason uh washington is like he's talking about dumping loads into some girl's ass and like i'm like <laughs> this is my first episode i'm like i don't really know if this is you know the podcast i want to get out there into the world but uh i actually was recording it uh i had the uh instead of the you know uh zoom recorder being plugged into the mixing board i had it plugged into my laptop so it was uh you know, my laptop sits, you know, behind, you know, the sound's very muffled uh, and I just couldn't release it because there was nothing that could be done to save the sound. And uh, that'd be cool if you could. Yeah, there's nothing. It, and uh, it could be an episode, like a bonus episode of Inappropriate Earl. That was great. Uh, but, 
you know, you know, the Tommy, the first Tommy episode was probably the one that put me on the map in terms of people listening to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, even like Chris D'Elia was like, dude, I don't listen to podcasts. I listened to every second of that. So that was, you know, got, uh, you know, when you get someone like him listening to it, it's, it's pretty cool. And, yeah. Uh, of course, having my favorite singer of all time, Stephen Piercy from Rat, just having him in my house was like, wow, this is fucking, you know, pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, some of the funner episodes. Theo uh, Fleury, even though that Theo was. Theo Fleury a- was like awesome. He had 20 minutes and, you know, he didn't know me uh, from a hole in the ground. And, uh, you know, he had like six people with him as publicists and managers and all that. And, you know, he sat in my, uh, right where you're sitting for 20 minutes talking about, uh, you know, uh, child molestation and, and you know, wow. uh, uh, you know, the horrible things that, uh, you, you know, he had to experience and some of his teammates and juniors. Cause, uh, you know, I don't think people realize in junior hockey, um, you know, it's very much a lot of Sandusky type of situations happening, you know, where these, and it's even worse because you know these kids go to a junior hockey team they leave their parents and they they stay at you know these they call they're called billets uh and they're basically families who live by the the junior hockey team's arena that you know are your new family and uh you know a couple uh people who uh you know uh, slip through the cracks in terms of pedophiles and you know the coaches some of the coaches were right out of control so that meant a lot to me i mean just the fact that I had a NHL Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup winner in my uh, in my jersey room, you know, he, he his jaw dropped when he went up there. You know, it's like wow, this is like crazy. And uh, I actually had him hold a, uh, I think it was a Sandy McCarthy jersey that he had actually fought. He fought Sandy McCarthy, and like he uh and it's funny because they're good friends because he ended up being teammates in, in several uh instances but like he literally grabbed onto this jersey that i had up in my uh um, sports memorabilia room yeah. and uh so that, that was kind of neat and then uh, dustin penner another uh nhl right. player he was really cool brought his police dog in and that only uh took uh commands in german Whoa. Uh, and then he just like sitting right where you are, he just takes his shoes off, puts his feet up on my, you know, desk. It was very he got very comfortable. But <laughs> he was got great. And uh really I've I've not had anyone on the couch that I didn't want to talk to, which is why I love still doing this podcast. Uh you know, I don't make any money doing this podcast, although uh prostockhockey.com did uh send me a very nice pair of uh, Ryan Malone uh, custom made New York Ranger gloves once, but I'm I'm retired from hockey, uh, ball hockey. Although last year I made a one season comeback, and at the age of 48, playing in the second highest division, led the league in goals and scoring. <laughs> SoCalStreetHockey.com. If you're looking for a ball hockey game, go to Garden Grove. It's uh, you know it's pretty fun. Uh, if you're a hockey player, it's and, and you're in the uh, Southern California area, it's pretty cool. Like this season. I'm not playing, but Mitch Callahan, who is an Edmonton Oilers player, plays for the Edmonton Oilers after the last couple of years of the Detroit Red Wings, is playing in this ball hockey league. He's like, just dominating. Huh? That's uh, Yeah, he's, he's amazing. I took the ball from him once. I didn't know who he was. Uh, and someone was like, dude, don't do that again. I'm like, why not? I didn't slash him. They're like, eh, I just wouldn't do that again. 
So uh, I took the ball from him again, and they kind of slashed me. He, it, not hard, but he was like, you know, he's very competitive. Yeah. Which is great, because his dad was one of the greatest uh, uh, hockey players I've ever seen. Like, uh, So it's, you know, uh, you know, uh, but I don't do this podcast for money. Like, you know, right. I do it because I like doing it. I do it, uh, you know, trying to get bigger names, but it's tough. You know, a lot of people were complaining to a degree of oh you only have people on from roast battle and it's like well you know i'd love to have uh warren d martini from rat come on but uh you know you try getting them over to my house you get them over to my house or if you uh jason galern i know you're listening uh everyone who complains about my guest if you can get guests on my podcast the doors open in west hollywood come on in dip your toes in Oh, Jason Galern doesn't like your guest, huh? Well, it's like he he's not interested in roast battle. Got it. Uh he had a very funny tweet. Uh I don't necessarily agree with it, but the other day he said, Congratulations to roast battle. You make zeros and turn them into bigger zeros. Uh, <laughs> so uh, That's funny. You know, he's just kidding around. But yeah, like, uh, that is a funny tweet. He though. had some jokes, uh uh, he wanted me to uh, use uh, for Sarah Tiana that I uh, just, uh, looking back, I probably should have used them. Uh, they were a little too mean. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, but that's another, uh, you know. Is there, um, is there a guest that's a comedian that you would have loved to have on that you never got a chance to have on? Is there like a, a, a dream comedian guest? Uh, yeah, Dice Clay, uh, just because I'm, I was a fan of Dice Clay's when he was in the movie, or not movie, uh, the TV show Crime Story. Oh, yeah. Which was uh, Michael Mann's uh, newest series, you know, once Miami Vice was, like, uh, you know, took off. He, he won, you know, he won, all right, what's the next thing, you know? Have you ever got to meet Dice? Through the story oh, he's awesome. He's a great yeah. guy. We've talked about Crime Story, and, uh, you know, I mean, I would love to have Dave Chappelle on, you know, but, uh, you know, never say never. He, he seems like the type of guy, if you approach him in the right way, he would do it. Because uh, we have a mutual uh, admiration, Charlie Barnett. Yeah, the great Charlie Barnett, who yeah. was in Miami Vice. You might have. Uh, he's kind of like my character, and I'm dying up here. He's not in every episode, but he's in like you know. Uh, I would say in uh, the five seasons of Miami Vice, he was maybe in like ten to twelve. Uh, it's, you know, if you're not familiar with who Charlie Barnett is, he was uh, an amazing. And Jeff Ross uh, is a big fan as well. Uh, he was like an amazing New York City uh, street performer who uh, I think they said was the only one to fill the uh, park where he the street performers played in. I, I don't yeah. think it was Central Park, but it was something similar. And uh, he uh, had auditioned for uh, Saturday Night Live, and he got through many rounds. And then uh, on the final callback, uh, you know, he couldn't read. So I, th I think he had gotten wind that uh, he was going to have to read some scripts or whatever uh like in front of the you know the main people and he he didn't go right and, uh, eddie murphy uh ended up getting it so yeah uh, you know but he was i mean you know when dave Chappelle is, is a fan of someone that most people have never heard of that shows you how good they are right so uh i do have a, a good charlie barnett story i don't know if you've heard it no who knows um i heard it i mean i heard it through a podcast that barry katz was on barry katz uh, I don't know if he represented Charlie, but he said that Charlie Burnett came to his office. This is my 1991, whenever New Jack City was out. And he said, Barry, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a crackhead myself. And Chris Rock plays a better crackhead than I am. Uh, he played Pookie in New Jack City, Chris Rock. 
And he said something like, I do crack and Chris Rock is a better, he's a better, he either plays a better or he, he is a better crackhead than I am and he's not even doing it. Something along those lines, which I thought was really heartbreaking. And um, hearing those, you know, Barry Katz, I guess, had a lot of interactions with Charlie because he said that when he died, it really hit him hard. And, um, you know, I don't know. And maybe that wasn't that good of a story. No, it is because it's like I would love exposing the world to like someone like Charlie Barnett, who was just like, you know, like so talented. And like, I'm not going to say he's as or was as funny as Chappelle, but like, I mean, when, he inspired Chappelle. Oh, yeah. So it's like, you know, Motorhead. You know, most people, uh, you know, they didn't never got mainstream uh, success in America, certainly. But you uh, hear any metal band, like big metal band like Metallica, they all cite Motorhead as the reason they picked up guitars and basses and right. drums. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's another uh, black comic, Franklin Ajay, who uh, legendary uh, comic, you know, he just sucked for him that he was peaking the same time richard pryor was so right especially back then there was only room for one black comic to be popping yeah so uh you know i always try and uh, expose um people to uh comics you know it's not just last comic standing or you know people you see on comedy central or netflix there's a lot of amazing comics out there older you know the from the 70s 60s you know I mean, as great as the Comedy Central roast are, you know, what influenced those roasts were the Dean Martin roasts, where, you know, you had, you know, just some wild things being said. You know, Don Rickles looking at Sammy Davis and going, either you're black or you just fell into a bucket of M&Ms. Like, that's crazy. Like, that wouldn't fly today. But they loved each other. Like, they really, you could tell that Don Rickles loved Sammy Davis. So there was right. no offense taken you know and just the foster brooks on those things was like foster brooks to me is the best he has like a drunk character right yeah and he never drank he, yeah he had the best five minute roast uh set to me i've ever seen where he's roasting don rickles and it was just like wow this is roasting you know not just saying you know you're right. fucking fat or you're old you're young you're clever best. jokes you're, you wear too much makeup your nose is big like foster brooks was nailing don rickles and it was all clever innuendos not one cuss word uh you know so uh you know although you should always watch comedy central and the roast you know if you want a little like primer for what inspired them you know, just YouTube, uh, Dean Martin roast and Foster Brooks and Don Rickles. And, right. Uh, you know, it's really uh, it's sad that that era kind of goes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, un, uh, unrecognized by the younger people today. Like I, it's crazy at the comedy stores. I was talking to someone about the band Deep Purple. And I'm not like a huge fan of them, but like, you know, they're pretty legendary rock and roll hall of fame. And the girl looks at me and goes, are they a Prince tribute band? I'm like, oh my God. Wow. You know, and she was being completely serious. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. uh, so, <laughs> you know, that's what I love about this podcast is I have a love of obscure movies and uh, character actors. And Yeah. Um, I love that about this though. It's like, I've listened to, what are you at? Like, I think this will be uh, 180. Okay. Um, you have anything uh, lined up for 200? 
No, I mean, I'd love to have Joe Rogan on, but he's too fucking busy, probably. But, uh, you know, I'll ask him, you know. Yeah. You know I mean, I'm sure, he, you know. How have you not done Rogan's podcast? I feel like you'd be great on that. I think that's something you ask. Uh, you don't ask to do. He asks you. Right, so right. he's always very cool to me. And, you know, he always talks about me, uh, uh, you know, when he brings up Roast Battle. And I, I always get like 100 followers. And, you know, he mentions my name and uh so joe's joe's kind of like the human version of roast battle where he's you know helped uh un so many countable amount of comics bert kreischer ari shafir tom uh, segura tom uh, segura hinchcliffe red band uh, red band uh duncan trussell yeah uh george perez yeah uh, the list just keeps going on yeah i mean big j okerson's like he's a big comic anyway but like you know, he he's certainly tapped into the death squad and Rogan yeah. fan base. Ian Edwards. Yeah, Ian, I mean, you know, Joe's like Joey Diaz. Uh, Joey Diaz, know, I should have uh, done that right up Joey, like, helps. He yeah. does the same. And, uh, yeah. Like, I mean, but some of those comics, like, we're already doing fine. Ian Edwards and Segura and everything. But it definitely, you know, Rogan helped for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got the, you know, and, and Mark Maron has, you know, uh, yeah, helps man. out people, you know. Yeah. You do Maron's, you know, Maron and Dean Del Rey on. And You'd be great on Maron, too. I mean, I think we're both bitter. Oh, I, you know, I don't like, I think people, uh, I would love to go on Maron, and I'm sure he'd be like, who the fuck are you? Uh, I bet you've met him before. I mean, he's very, I mean, you know, in passing at the store, but, uh, you know, I, I think we're from the similar mindset. Uh, you know, but I don't like how he gets labeled as bitter. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, especially with the the last couple episodes, of Ro- you know, with Roast Battle Talk, people are like, dude, why are you so bitter about the show and about certain people? And it's like, I was just being honest, you know. To me, there's a difference between yeah. being bitter and being honest. Being bitter to me is like, well, this person sucks. Why? Well, I don't know. Just fuck them. Uh, I also know. think that what you were doing on those episodes um, – it was a bit of therapy in, in the sense that you had to get some of the things that you, you know, were built that were built up kind of off your chest. And, and you didn't name names. You didn't, you know, I, I mean, I, I basically did. I mean, you know, I don't, yeah. think, you know, when I'm talking about a certain battle, you know, and, and people can put two and two together. And yeah, I mean, I was, I wasn't being the most coy about it. No, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't have any, personal problems with with that person but at the end of the day um and i didn't care if you did or didn't like yeah. i don't care yeah if people like that person i don't care if people like uh you know uh, me and don't like you i never try and yeah. uh, uh you know get people to dislike someone i don't dislike i mean i don't dislike very many people uh but you know um do you think that you know this this person or any other person that you the very few people you dislike that this is going to be a grudge that's going to continue to go on or do you think it can ever you know be mended i mean i actually worked with keith uh the naked roast battle at Skankfest, so uh you know i can work with anybody right and i wasn't going to uh you know let that whole thing i mean i spoke my piece i i don't take one word back i said about him or the situation or you did know. you guys talk one-on-one there yeah you know small talk you know right nothing nothing of uh yeah you know a consequence uh sure and you know it's uh 
you know, I, I don't take back anything I said, you know, about uh, that situation or like the whole uh, rankings, you right. know, thing. I, I, it, it, and I know me and Pat Barker, you can't get any more uh, opposite views and, uh, you know, he and I have on like that situation. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's all good. Like, right. I mean, I don't think being honest is being better. Like, you know. No, I, I agree. And that, that, you know, I think, um, I think, yeah. And that's the other thing is, is Marion was, was labeled as this bitter comic, but he also found success in something that I don't think anybody saw that that was going to be a big deal with podcasts. And, and I think he's happy. And I think now it's like, you know, people think, oh, he's still this bitter comic, even though he has success. And it's like, those people don't know him. I don't know him. I've never met him, but um, nice guy. I mean, he's yeah. quiet if he doesn't know you. But like most comics of that level are, yeah. you know, Rogan's very nice. You know, if he knows you, and you know, he's very cordial if he doesn't. But you know, he's like, right. you know, these people are like hit at from so many different angles from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to sleep. Yeah, um, you know, it's like when I host Potluck. You know, the, the thirty six hours before is is unbearable. Right, uh, and then uh, you know those literally the minute Pollock, literally the minute I give the mic to Frazier to host the rest of the night, uh, you know I never hear from these people until the next time I'm hosting. So unbelievable. Uh, I've watched you host before. It's tough, and and you've told me that how hard it was until I didn't realize it until, and I didn't even want to bother you at all. Like I was just like, this poor guy is. I mean, it's like you know. You knew what you were getting, you know, you signed up for. But at the end of the day, it's like even where you said it's going to be a nightmare, it's even worse than you expected. It seems like it just you can't. I just went to like, oh, thanks, man. And you were like four people came up to you and it was like I couldn't even say bye without uh, people asking you. And oh, uh, yeah, I mean, with the exception of like someone like Nicole Buchanan, who was just sitting waiting patiently and yeah, um, other know. comics. I mean, that was just that night. I don't know who else. That's every night. I mean, it's like uh, people, I don't think some people are really good about it is what I'm saying, though. People in uh, the comics are out there listening that they've ever like, you know, this is not just when I host, but when anyone whoever's hosting next week, I mean, you know, you have to understand like for potluck at the comedy store, everyone wants to do it. Like there's probably a hundred people who want to do it. There's 17 people who get to do it. And, you know, so the first 17 spots are, you know, assigned. It's, I, I have no control over who gets that. Right. Um, it's a random lottery. And then, uh, the next like 30 spots are all employees. The employees have to get up, which is they should. I mean, it's why they work at the comedy store. It's one of the perks. Yeah. So that's literally probably close to 50 comics that I have to put up. Uh, and then you've got development spots now that are, uh, you know, like comics who are trying to get into the system who are, you know, not maybe ready to showcase, but they're close. So that's three to five comics. So that's over 50 comics. And then you've got a pop ends like uh, last couple times I've hosted Jimmy Carr came in. Yeah. Um, last uh, the very last time I hosted Howie Mandel came in. Yeah, I saw Howie there last night. Oh, he was Howie's great. He was like he did, he did like seven minutes. Someone like him could have done a half hour, and who's going to complain? But he knows comics are waiting. So uh, I think I had told about six or seven people to come that night. I'll try and get you on toward the end. The night I was on, I think Sebastian popped in. Yeah, Sebastian popped in, and he was cool. He did, uh, you know, he could def definitely could have done longer, and he didn't. 
Um, and then uh, of the five or six people, I said, hey, come by toward the end, and I'll, I'll see if I can get you on. I got up one person that I told, come on down. So it's the host actually of Pollock has very little power or influence. Sure. So, uh, you know, you comics out there, keep that in mind when you're harassing the host. It's not like it's up to him or her uh, to, uh, you know, get you up. And, right. You know, there's a hierarchy too. You know, there's people right. who've been up there in the system for a long time. You know, you, you know, some of the roast battle comics uh, just have like a sense of entitlement. Like, oh, I'm, a, you know, I just had an undercard battle a month ago. Uh, it's like, well, good for you, Jackson. I got, you know, Christian Spicer, who's I've known for ten years and who sits in the back every Monday, doesn't bother me or the other host, and he he's going to get up before you. Uh, so, you know, it's just the way it works. Um, so, uh, but that's you know. Uh, you know, potluck. I mean, the comedy store is the number one club in the country right now. So it's right. It's always get on potluck. It's tough. You know. Yeah. And uh, but it's worth it. You know, you never know who's in the room. Like, you know, if Adam's not in the room, there's probably 15 working comics. Like, uh, say, a Ty Rivera who can you know hook you into the Vegas circuit or you know. Uh, I love Ty. Ty's awesome. Uh, he's gonna do my podcast uh, soon, and uh, he's amazing. Yeah, one and, night yeah. he waited for three fucking hours. And I've known him longer than I've known anyone in comedy. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'm sorry. but I got him up eventually, but it's like, hey, man, sorry. But he gets it, you know? Yeah, I, his podcast is so good, too. Well, he names names. He keeps it real. It. I uh, love that. You know, I try and uh, do it a little bit on the sly. Um, you've had some other... You you were able to uh, bamboozle other... Not, not bamboozle... You were able to uh, be charming, and uh, other comics were cool with naming names here. Uh, I just, I couldn't do it myself. Um, yeah, but that's what makes Ty's podcast. It's Ty's so good. Podcast, probably the only one I'll ever like religiously go on iTunes and go, okay, who's on? And yeah. What's he talking about? And I'll listen to the whole podcast. Uh, he did ones recently where it was just like, it's just called like naming names. Yeah, where he had like uh i think he had a uh and he has like i guess he tapes all his shows i i haven't done that uh in quite some time yeah so he has like he'll lead off the podcast with you know maybe someone giving him not the greatest intro and then just ty calls him out yeah it's great uh it really uh it's called unbothered yeah uh, by ty rivera soundcloud and itunes ty's always been nice to me i've only met him a few times and um you know a few i've had great experiences with him and i know um I don't think I think the people that might have a problem with them are just like it's not that they're jealous. It's just that like Ty just says it how it is and he kind of says things that people wish they could say. And uh I think if you're one of the names he says, you might get mad, but it's like I don't know. If he if he named me, I I'd be bummed, but in a weird way I'd be honored, you know, because it's like it's almost like a and I mean you, you know, you don't have any problems with it, you never had. And I don't think I would ever have a problem with Ty, but in a weird way, I would be honored. But I don't. I still don't want to be on that opposite end of. Uh, of well, I of mean, he, of the fire, the Ty Rivera. But it's like you have to have done something to him. I think in the seventeen years I've known, we had like one little dust up. Yeah, uh, and it was just a simple misunderstanding. I, uh, you know, it's like I think he. Uh, said hi to me uh somewhere and i didn't hear him my hearing's horrible and uh i think he took it as me uh uh 
big league in him yeah or something but i didn't it was so long and you know we talked it out and i'm like no i just didn't hear you dude you know yeah my hearing's horrible uh so uh but you know in 17 years of knowing someone if you've only one brief one, dust up that's nothing argument you know just one simple misunderstanding that's yeah. uh you know all people should be so lucky so sure uh well dude this has been a fun one you got any uh thing you want to plug yeah if you don't mind please uh, please dude. i have my podcast uh discussing the depression um it's on uh, iHeartRadio and uh spreaker and itunes and then i have um i i'm also on another podcast called infamous chronicles which i really like and then i have a show at the junkyard cafe and see me free show on um july 28th that's a friday um and a great lineup uh, it's just so, so many names i don't need to go through them and then uh i have a show at the comedy central stage um on august 10th i think it's at seven and uh free show also and it's about depression and uh i get to do a little bit of a set um about my depression and uh there's gonna be a live podcast and it's called deal with it it's gonna be a lot of fun um and uh i think i have a show coffee shop on august 14th free show at 6 p.m in Simi valley and uh one more August uh, 25th at the Junkyard Cafe. Free show. A lot of great comics. And uh, that's pretty much it, man. I uh, I can't thank you enough for having me back on. And I hope that when I stop doing stand-up, if you ever need a guest, I would love to to come in. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I have a lot of guests who come on. And just as long as it's interesting and we have stuff to talk about, you know. And, uh, of course, depression isn't a uh, topic you can just bang out in one episode. It's, right. You know, it's always... Uh, something new in the world of depression that uh and stand up they right go together like peanut butter and jelly right uh so uh you know it's uh, been fun having you and uh, i want to thank you for being so kind to me man and I, and I know that you you being kind comes from a genuine place has nothing to do with who my brother is and i know that um because we've we've kind of grown to be friends and you've always just been very supportive and i know that when i was in an inpatient facility for depression the Verzi triplets told me that uh, that you were asking about me and that you were like, hey, you know, I, I would go visit. And that meant the world to me. And that has nothing to do with who my brother is. That's just you being a good guy. And that means uh, more to me than you know. So thank you, Earl. Well, uh, thank you. And uh, thank you for being a good dude. I mean, it's uh, it takes a lot more energy and effort to be a dick than it does just to be nice. And, right. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's a very small world, like. You know, you, you might, I can't tell you how many uh, open micers I've seen grow in to be big stars. Like, you know, and I talked about this before, but I remember Adam Devine when he was not a door guy, but a cashier, which is an even lower position uh, than a door guy at the improv. Like he was yeah. the guy who would literally take your ticket and, and money. Uh, Eric Griffin and I used to do shitty shows on the Queen Mary at, in Long Beach, like, 12 years ago and now he's on uh, i'm dying up here he's got his own special on showtime me and santino uh used to do shitty shows at a greek restaurant in the marina like when we were you know complete nobodies now he's you know the star of i'm dying up here and, and got his own showtime special so i mean you should be nice to people because that's just how you should be to people but you know uh you should really uh you know be careful especially in stand-up like 
you know, the open micer you're shitting on could be the next big star. It's not right. likely, but someone's going to be a big star. You yeah. know, you take, you know, like someone from like, say the roast battle world, like, you know, um, someone who loses their lot or whatever. Johnny um, Stewart. Johnny Stewart. Like Johnny Stewart could sell a script tomorrow to Adult Swim and uh, have uh, two shows on that network uh, in, in two months. And how dumb would people feel that they shit, shit on them or made fun of them or, you know, uh, I don't know. Called him Tommy Stewart for a yeah. long time. Well, I've given him a lot of publicity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've given you a hard what are you time. talking about? <laughs> uh, so Johnny Stewart, that was a, a fun episode, inappropriate Earl. But, uh, you know, just be nice to everyone, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, don't get, you know, depressed and, you know. I mean, you're not human if you don't get depressed in this fucking business. I mean, look at me. I got a big dick. I got ask anyone who was at Skankfest. It, it's out there. It was the talk of the festival. Don't hate. Uh, I mean, I got money. I got a nice car. I got a nice condo. And I still get depressed. So you know, uh, you know, just don't. The money doesn't, uh, you know, buy happiness, but it sure buys a happy ending. <laughs> Uh, it's a massage parlor joke for you uh, old listeners of the show but uh, Casey where can people find you on Twitter and Facebook and the gram uh, Twitter Casey Moran 1 C-A-S-E-Y M-O-R-A-N number 1 uh, Instagram Casey Moran 11 C-A-S-E-Y M-O-R-A-N 11 and Casey Moran on Facebook I have Casey Moran comedy also and uh any messages or anything from this podcast, please, I'll, I will get back to you. And uh, I appreciate everybody listening. We got a good amount of listens last time. I don't know if this one will beat that. Uh, I know uh, Eric Abenante is coming on soon. And uh, he... Uh, you just lost listeners by mentioning Eric's. Oh, uh, hey, I have to battle that guy. And I'm kind of I'm a little nervous about it. Just uh, get ready for the racial jokes. Eric likes to go dark. Yeah, he does. But I mean, I don't, I don't know where he's going. We still have to meet up and... Eric's do a good that. guy. Eric's, Eric's oh, awesome, dude. August first, I'm I'm roasting uh, Brian McDaniel. I wanted to bring that up. Is that before the Eric's battle, or yeah, that's before Eric's, and uh, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm just having I'm just gonna have a good time up there. I'm gonna a lot. Last time I was so nervous, and uh, this time I'm gonna I'm just gonna have fun. It's not if the battle's good though. I tell people all the time, like oh, our battle wasn't good, and that the triplets redeemed themselves. I haven't yet, even though I technically won. Yeah, no, you know, remembers. No, that's true. So sure, uh, those guys. Uh, I'm I'm happy for those guys. Up for uh, some wards, some roasties. Yeah, the roasties. And, yeah, I'm really happy for those guys, and I hope to hear them on here sometime because they hey, you love never you. Never say never. I'm gonna have to get three mics. It's not in the budget. <laughs> I, actually, uh, I actually have two mics. I'll have to share it. They have. They they have their own. Oh, they I'm bring... sure they do. <laughs> sure they do. The Valducci triplets. Yeah. Give uh, your brother's private line out at his network. So yeah, no can, problem. So uh, no, it's uh. Five 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 one two one two. Ask the girl who answers what time it is, and uh, she'll uh, direct you to the proper extension. Tell him Casey sent you. Yeah, inappropriate Earl SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the got a couple new reviews up on iTunes. It helps if you haven't left one already. Please do so. And uh, you know Eric Abenante, I think coming on midweek next week. Uh, it's uh, Stephen Piercy from Rad. He'll he'll come on again. Uh, Ralphie May said he would come on. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, I, I try and get uh, interesting people uh, from the roast battle world and non-roast battle world. And, uh, yeah, and from the musician uh, uh, field as well. So uh, uh, thanks. A special shout-out to uh, 
Big Jay Okerson and his lovely uh, right hand, Christine and uh, Michelle Went for uh, putting on an amazing uh, comedy festival uh, last month in New York, Skankfest. It was uh, unbelievable. It, it's uh, rumors of an eight city tour coming next year, but uh, it really was. Uh, you know, it's a festival for comics. I mean, like Montreal is a great festival, and it's you know obviously the Super Bowl in our profession, but. Uh, you know, Skankfest is more for the comics who, uh, you know, are have great fan bases. You know, Ari Shafir and Zach Amico. Uh, Zach Amico, who's a wild man hosting Naked Roast. Uh, you know, uh, you know that. I mean, Big J Ogerson, uh Louis you know, J Gomez, Louis J Gomez, Legion of Skanks. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Uh, Dan Soder, who I, I didn't meet. Uh, Dave Smith. Uh, the New York comics were awesome. We saw the roast battle champ Eli Sayers. Uh, we had uh, many lovely conversations about wrestling and shit. And uh, Mike Feeney, super good dude there. Uh, uh, you know, I, I regret not seeing Patrick Milligan, the uh, Booker of the Stand, which is an amazing club in New York. Uh, they uh, they gave me my first New York spot. So uh, if you uh, have a chance to check out a show, please go to the stand and tell Patrick Milligan the Skakes sent you. And uh, we'll see you guys sooner than later.